and welcome back once again to the gamiest game show around, Game Show Bonanza. I am here with our lovely contestant again today. Would you please reintroduce yourself to the audience for anyone just tuning in at the ad break? Hello, I'm Ethel from Hayward's Heath. Ethel, it's wonderful to have you back. Now, you've beaten all the previous contestants and you've made it to our lightning round. Now, in the lightning round, we have four questions for you followed by a phrase question. Now, doesn't matter if you don't get all of these questions initially, but we're going to have four questions. We'll give you descriptions of terms, and you've got to give me a one-word answer as to what the term I'm looking for is. Then at the end, hopefully you can put together the correct phrase to put the points together and win the game show. Do you reckon you can do that, Ethel? I'll certainly try my best. Oh, that's what I like to hear. So, are you ready? We'll get 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. A synonym for odd, often also used by the LGBT community as a blanket term for non-straight sexualities. Queer. Wonderful, Ethel. Next question. Uh, A conjunction used to connect words of the same part of speech, clauses or sentences that are to be taken jointly. Uh, And? Oh, that's brilliant. You're on a roll here. Giving a sense of happy satisfaction or enjoyment. Uh, Pleasant. Oh, you're nailing these, Ethel. I'm so glad for you. Last one, we've got a noun. A person whom one does not know or with whom one is not familiar. Stranger. Oh, let's see if you got it. You're going to put that phrase together for me, Ethel. Queer and pleasant stranger. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Ethel, you're our winner this week and you're going to go home with our brand new toaster. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm very excited. I love a good toaster. My one's oh, just broken too. It's absolutely beautiful, b- b- brand new toaster. It, you take a selfie, upload it to the cloud, it'll print your selfie onto a piece of toast with its burner. How fancy's that? That's very fancy. I'm, I'm very excited to see some ethel branded toast. And thank you for tuning in, everyone. This has been another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where me and Jane talk about our weeks and then also do some skits. How are you doing this week, Jane? I'm not bad. I have had a delivery of uh, Swedish Lego, which I'm very happy about. See, you've referred to this as Swedish Lego to me before, and I always, like, it seems so obvious when you explain it, but I always forget what you're referring to. As opposed to a Danish Ikea. Yes, uh, so by Swedish Lego, you you got some Ikea delivered. I I got a bedside table. I finally have a bedside table that isn't just a chair that falls apart. Hey, that chair is a lovely bedside table. Don't be dissing that chair. It's done all right for the preceding 10 years but uh, I do find that if I put anything heavy on it like a a lamp uh, it does rather collapse in on itself like a flan in a cupboard that's unfortunate because one of the recent things that you now have in your life is a lava lamp and a lava lamp is probably heavy enough that it would cause previously mentioned collapsing in yeah that's less than ideal with a lava lamp because not not least the massive fire hazard but also my beautiful lava lamp no 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 hurty the lava lamp Indeed, the, the lava lamp's got to be kept safe because of all the beautiful lava within it. Yes. Or as I saw it referred to by someone the other day, spicy honey. <laughs> oh god, is this part yeah. of the eat things that are not food? Yeah, no, some, someone's, someone's response to the whole Tide Pods thing going around recently was that they were like, oh, you you losers with your, your Tide Pods, why don't you eat some spicy honey? And it was just like, 
molten glass or something. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, that, that, that was a silly take, I see. That's very um, spicy honey. Yeah, very spicy honey. The spiciest of honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, how's, what, what have you been enjoying this week in the world of media and things? In the world of media and things? Um, media and things. I've played some things, I've watched some things, I've listened to some things. Where would you like to start? I don't know, where would you like to start? You're the one who had the things in their week. Oh no, decisions. Um, I, I, should we start with playing? Yeah, let's start with playing. I've... <laughs> um, anyone who's been watching me on Twitter or follows uh, the snowmonkeyradio.blog website, I wrote a review for the game Vostok Inc. on Switch. Um, ah, yes, you had an interesting time with that game, huh? Um, yes, it played very much into uh, my problems with addiction, in that yep. I didn't like it, but could not put it down. <laughs> I've I've been there with games before. Like sometimes, sometimes, if a game is good enough at having a compelling gameplay loop, mm. I will play it beyond the point that I'm enjoying it because, like, the bits in my brain that crave addictive things are like, no, but but continue doing the thing. Exactly. You are you are getting all the nice little triggers, little dopamine hits. Lovely, lovely. But at the same time, going, I hate this. I hate this game. I could be doing so much better with my life. Yeah. Like, right. before, before we like jump into like your sort of like deep dive on this, like mm-hmm. very quickly, the example I have of this is I had to stop playing No Man's Sky because that game is entirely about get into all of these like micro gameplay loops and. I then reached a point where, like, what I expected to happen in the gameplay loop didn't happen, Ew. and then I just kept doing this new gameplay loop over and over, trying to get back on track, and it just wasn't happening, and I lost, like, ten hours of a day, and was like, Jesus. yeah, I need to just not play this game anymore. This game is not healthy for me. Yeah, so tell us about Vostok Inc., and its um, weird addictive hold on you. It's, um, it's, it's a game that has happened, um... By, uh, I believe it's Nosebleed Interactive. It is basically a clicker with that has been sort of inset with how to describe it. It's, it's, it's basically instead of clicking a big cookie, for example, cookie clicker, uh, you have a very basic shmup, uh, a little twin stick shooter. You shoot things that will appear randomly around the screen. They will fly at you and shooty bang bang, nastiness. There are periodically enemies that flash up that's, uh, if you don't kill them quickly enough, we'll lock the screen so you can't move. And um, you will have to fight through a specific wave of enemies within this little arena. And it's it's good because it's a way of generating quite a lot of, of credit. But towards, certainly towards the end of the game, I found that those bits were actually harder than the bosses. Mm. To the point where the last boss I killed in under a second, which I swear was approximately two hits... Um, the only thing I was really liking towards the end of that game was the fact that I had a unicorn gun! That's pretty amazing. Is it a gun shaped like a unicorn? Does it shoot unicorns? It shoots unicorns. <gasps> Were the unicorns okay after they'd been fired at uh, things? I, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I but... cared very little for that game. It, it, it has nice graphics, the controls work, it never crashed on me. But those are the the three pros to that game. <laughs> yeah, like the the cons as I was understanding them was that like a big part of this game's narrative is about like capitalism and ridiculously high numbers and that's where the clicker economy came in where it's mm. just like 
I have to play obsessive hours of this clicker game to get enough money to do the thing that will let me progress. Do you want this building? This building generates more money. With that building generating that, you could probably buy some of these buildings after about 10 minutes. Or you can go and do some shooting and a bit more credits. Or you can power up your weapons so that, or, or the, the uh, asteroids that you shoot to get more money out of them. And you power up and power up and power up. And uh, I, I, I'm a sucker for upgrades in games. I know, I yeah. know this is a thing, but just uh, no bad game, no biscuit, and and That's... the capitalism is is so far from my own sort of political <laughs> standing that I I really felt very uncomfortable with the fact that I was basically going planet to planet to planet, solar system to solar system to solar system, just raping resources, taking over and destroying the native inhabitants. I felt so... like cola. Are you saying that you weren't a fan of basically, like, putting your own ridiculously high financial desires ahead of the needs of every civilization you came into contact with, just so that you could be a little bit enormously richer? Yeah, I'm not nicely. I did not find uh, that comfortable. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm it's one of those things that, like, I had code for it, I was going to look at it, and the more you talked about it, the more I was like... <laughs> Yeah, this Step sounds like away. this would be a bad idea for me. Like, I, I shouldn't touch this game. I personally don't think anyone should touch it. But at the same time, like, I've seen it reviewed. Um, I think Metacritic, it's currently about, like, a 6, 6.7. So clearly some people are enjoying it. And that's good, because someone clearly spent some time making it. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's a poorly made game. It's just a little bit... It, it, it functions as it should. It functions the way it was designed to, but you don't get on with the way it was designed. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how I'd, I'd best put it. Yeah. Uh, you played anything else this week, or has that been your big time uh, that, sink that, of the week? That was the main one. That was about 20 or so hours. Um, I also uh, started playing Picross S. It's it's more Picross, which is fine. But the, the images that it chooses to use are really, really obscure. Oh, yeah. With, with Picross, sometimes you, you end up just sort of following an angle and going, I think think probably the next one's here, and that's about it correct with the numbers. That sort of makes sense. And towards the end, you might be, aha, I, I have some clue about what this is. There were times that I would get to the end of a puzzle, and it would show me what it was, and I would go, how did you get that from that image? <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, this is one of these like games where you have a big grid, and you're basically doing a puzzle to work out which squares of the grid you should be like colouring in. Basically colouring in yeah. to make a pixel art image at the end. Yeah, basically. So it, you're enjoying it other than the fact that sometimes it's just very weird about what the image is. Um, and I think I've I've been playing less than a week and I'm pretty sure I've got through the main campaign. There is Mega Picross, which I think is probably sort of 20 by 20 grids rather than... Usually you end up at a maximum of about 15 by 15. Mm. Um, but it seems like it's got... I'm coming to the end of that section and there is a whole nother set of, I think it's something like a hundred old puzzles that are mega Picross. So they're huge and I find them, the, the logic in them a bit more difficult and, mm. and less fun. Um, that's, that's a shame. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not as much fun when it gets that, to that point. Um, so I think for the six quid that I think I paid for six or seven pounds I paid for it, it was, it was fun, but I don't think it was quite worth that. 
Um, it needed better puzzles and more of them at the sort of lower levels. Ah. Uh, I can get out of the way the one thing I've been playing this mm-hmm. week, really, which is uh, I've been playing Blossom Tales, which I, I've been playing a little bit before this week, but I basically I accidentally deleted my save on it and I had to start over, so I've been replaying it. But um, it's basically a top-down 2D Zelda game um, that has a female protagonist and some of the narrative is told through like a a story being narrated to some grandkids. Um I've been really enjoying it. It's it's a lot more challenging than most of the recent top-down 2D Zelda games have been. Mm. Um, it definitely assumes that you have played a lot of Zelda games <laughs> before and want a challenge. And it basically throws you in at the deep end of, here is the most chal- challenging variance of the sort of puzzles you expect from a Zelda game. Have mm. fun. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, I... I I've, replayed through the first couple of dungeons back up to the the third dungeon Mm. i found i had a lot of fun with the boss fights in its second dungeon which were a lot of boss fights to do with avoiding like bullet hell shooter patterns with Mm. like lots of projectiles coming out on screen and having to do like work out these patterns find the the spots to not get hit look for an opening get three or four sword slashes in then back away and Oh, the music was really good. It just got me got me in this really good rhythm of like wanting to just try one more time, one more time at these boss fights. Mm. I've been really enjoying it. It's a really nice little game. It looks sort of pretty. I'm I've quite enjoyed looking at it graphically. I'm not entirely sure about the bullet hell nature of it, but it's it's not all bullet hell nature at all. No. Like that just happens to be like the thing that, that the 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 second dungeons like yeah. couple of bosses are do some bullet hell stuff and like the second dungeon definitely it it gives you an item that's like oh now i can fight this sort of bullet hell creature from a bit of a distance and that makes that a lot easier to do the sort of bullet hell section Hmm. and i think it definitely like gives you a challenge then gives you a tool and goes hey look now that you've got this tool doesn't that kind of challenge seem more accomplishable hmm and the fact that I beat the final boss of this dungeon much more quickly than I did the mid boss, I think while it was ultimately easier, I didn't. I felt like it was a more challenging creature that I just had an easier time beating, and yeah. that left me feeling like, oh, I got so good at this game, <laughs> like between there and there, when ultimately they just gave me a tool that made it easier. But I felt really good after beating it. <laughs> and is it one you can defeat the dungeons in any order, or? Uh, no, it's it's like the some of the like ga- the the early handheld two D Zelda's where it's like right. go to these dungeons in order. You get an item in the dungeon that will unlock the route to okay, the next yeah, dungeon. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a lot more like a sort of Ocarina of Time sort of structure or something like that, where it is go get the item in the dungeon, beat the boss, go to the next dungeon. Mm, cool. But yeah, um, it's, hear, it's... you said you're on the third dungeon. Yes. Oh, I hear there's only four dungeons in that game. If you yes. excluding the tutorial. Yes. I'm I'm aware that that is the case like it is literally here are three dungeons then go to like the final dungeon that the big bad will be at and yeah, it is quite short. Like that is my biggest issue with it right now is if you if you know what you're doing and have played through it already and wanted to speed run through it, you could probably do it in a couple of hours. Okay. It's not a hugely long game, but 
the first time you do everything, everything is quite challenging, and a lot of it is, like, just getting better and making progress, and being like, ah, yeah, yeah, I've got this now. And do you think it's worth the £15? For me, yes. I absolutely love these kind of top-down 2D Zelda games, Mm. and it was a really good excuse to get, like, to get, like, I've probably got a good 10-15 hours in it already, and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a a decent hit of that sort of gameplay I like. It's more challenging than it normally is. Mm. I'm really enjoying getting to go through that kind of world with a female protagonist, which shouldn't make a difference, but it did. It felt really cool, so for what for what that's worth. I've definitely gotten £15 worth at, out of it already. Nice. Well, that's good. I, I feel happy with my spend on that one. Yeah. As someone who lives on discounted food, it's nice to know that I can spend 15 quid on a game and it'd be worth it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The menu has failed at the food giving. Hoomen, did you forget? Did you forget that the food goes here, Hoomen? Hoomen, food goes here. Hoomen, you, Hoomen, you're not feeding me now. I know you fed me, but you're not, you, you're not feeding me now, Hoomen. Hoomen, Hoomen, you are eating. Why am I not also eating? Hoomen, you left room and came back. Did you forget that you feed me? Can you feed me, Hoomen? Hoomen, 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 I have not seen you for days. You went, went away. And now you are back, so it must be feeding times. Hoomen, 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 you have food in you have food in hand, and you have food in hand, and when you have food in hand, you bring it to feed me. But you have it's not in my bowl yet, Hoomen. Where is food in in bowl in in bowl, Hoomen? Hoomen in bowl. Hoomen, Hoomen, wake up, Hoomen! Look at my butt, Hoomen, 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 No poop will come out of this butt because there is no food in my face. Hoomen cuddles. Hoomen cuddles. Hoomen cuddles and food. Hoomen food. 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 Cuddle. Food. I will rub face on you so that you know that you belong to me. Do you know you belong to me, Hoomen? Food. Do not forget. Hoomen. Food. Food. Hoomen. Hoomen. Hoomen's life. Bring food. Hoomen. Hoomen. There is there is hole in the middle of bowl where there is no food. Therefore, bowl is empty. Need foods. Bring foods. Hoomen. Hoomen, 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 I see you are putting my food in bowl, but putting food in bowl is in way of bowl of me eating food, hoomen. Take, take, take hands that are putting food in bowl away from bowl, but but also put food in bowl. Hello, pizza. Uh, yes, uh, I, I would, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to order a pizza and a couple of sides and some dessert, please. Um, is, is that okay? Yeah, no problem. What, what size pizza do you want? Um, I, I'd like a large pizza. Oh, you want a large pizza? Do you want a large pizza? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, I, 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 I'd like it with, uh, with pepper. Oh, pepper's a oh, pepper. Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and and um, c- could I get some onion? Oh, the big O. Oh, oh, gotta love that. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm Oh, there's a feeling a bit awkward now. Um, can can I can I get some sausage? Oh, sausage! Oh, big old news. <laughs> oh God, I'm I'm oh, I'm dreading saying the next thing. Can I get meatballs? Oh, big old meatballs! Love it, don't you, dirty? Uh, uh, can can I can I get that? Then surely this will be fine. Can I get it with a 
barbecue base. So saucy. You want a bit of saucy on it? Mm, lovely. Uh, saucy. Uh. Oh, I'm looking through the list at what's safe to ask for. Can I get it with ham? Oh, ham off the bone. Just just falling off the bone. Is it? Uh, uh, a bit of meat on the bone. Uh, maybe yeah. some cheese. All oh, dripping in it. Oh, literally dripping in it. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, can I get a stuffed crust? Oh, stuffed crust. You want it right in there, right in the crust. Yeah. Oh, God, at least I made it through the pizza. Um, Sides, can I get some mozzarella dippers? Dippers, dippers. Dipping a couple in there, dipping a couple in there. Oh, get them all nice and saucy on the end. You want any, any sauce on, on your dippers? Um... Yes. What kind of sauce do you want? Yeah. I, I I don't I don't know. Any whatever That's the mayo. Oh, oh no! Of creamy it's... white stuff on there. Can I get some garlic bread? <laughs> garlic bread, bit dripping baguette to you. Want to get your lips around a dripping baguette? Oh, I bet you do, sauce. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, can can okay dessert? Can I get? Banana fritter with chopped nuts and whipped cream. One banana fritter, chopped nuts and whipped cream. Okay, I'll be up about half an hour. Okay. Casual card. Cash. Oh, money, eh? <laughs> I want to get some of that filthy Luca. So, other things this week. What have you been either listening to or watching? Ooh, listening to. What have I been listening to? It's It's been a, a weird week, actually. I For some reason, I ended up with Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden stuck in my head. <laughs> um, somewhere near the beginning of the week. No idea where it came from. And then YouTube automatically auto-played into the Cranberry Zombie. <laughs> And oh, then mm. Girls and Boys by Blur, and it I think it just triggered a memory of hanging out in Laser Quest when I was a teenager. And so I've sort of gone back and looked through, and I've realised that most of these, or all of these songs were released in 1994. And Did, the... you, did you accidentally fall into 1994's pop charts I, for, I, for a week? Uh, pretty much. I've listened to a lot of stuff that was released in 1994. Or that was certainly playing on TV channel, UK TV channel The Box uh, oh, in the 1994. Box. I remember The Box. The Box was brilliant. It was jukebox television, but you'd pay like £1.70 to get a track on. Yeah. Or you just wait and watch because like, if you'd seen it on there once, someone was going to put it on again. You say that, but I, on probably on more than one occasion, sat and watched and watched and watched in the hope that at least one guar track would come on because it was a very weird teenager, and <laughs> and I, I I do remember sitting there for be- uh, like an entire weekend, day and night, hoping that the one track they had, which was Sadamagogo from This Toilet Earth, which was also released <laughs> in 1994, would come on, and it didn't. I would occasionally get people go, "Come in the room, guar on television." Yes, oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the end of this channel. So I ended up listening to. Zombie, Girls and Boys, Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, it's a shame that they are awful, as far as I'm, I'm aware. Is that right? Billy Crowen's awful? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dupe by Dupe, uh, Rhythm of the Night, Return to Innocence by Enigma, Basket Case, and When I Come Around. Interestingly, When I Come Around was the first MP3 I ever listened to. Oh, heck. Loser by Beck, Black Hole Sun, Buddy Holly uh... by Weezer. Oh, Buddy Holly, uh, such a good track. The thing about Buddy Holly that 
like always stuck in my head was that the video for it in very low res came on the Windows 95 disc. I did not know this. I have a Windows 95 disc somewhere. I shall crack Hack. it out for you for a laugh. See, you you going through like your 1994 music list this week made me think about like music from the 90s and for some reason I was like I want to look up what songs came out in 1991. Ooh. Um I'm aware that like the top selling song that year was the song when I was the number one when I was born, which was Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do It For You. What was that 13 weeks in the UK charts? It was like, it was enough of that year that if someone's born in 1991 and you want to guess the number one when they were born, like that's a <laughs> Might safe as well go bet. for that, yeah. Yeah, you go for that, you're probably right. I, I remember being absolutely sick of hearing it because my dad used to listen to Top of the Pops every week and. It was on every week. And now I'm going to end with that awful track. And it's like, there's other songs. <laughs> so I looked at the top 20 for the year and there were like two other songs I recognise. And like, uh, oh no, there's three. There's like three songs I recognise. And the, there's two categories they fall into, these these other three songs. You've got Do the Bartman <laughs> by The Simpsons. <laughs> Oh, Which I, is like I had that on songs. Tape. Yeah, so do I. Uh, songs so, uh, sung by cartoon characters, and then the other category is that both Right Said Fred and oh. uh, Salt and Pepper fall into is I'm too sexy and let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> well, that was when it was first out. Because hasn't someone recently redone that? Probably. It's probably be. It's probably come back around because it was used in some safe sex campaign or something. Uh... I would imagine. But, like, I forgot that there was an era where there was just, like, early 90s, some very blatant songs where it's like, yeah, we're just, we're not gonna hide it. Let's talk about sex. No, let's talk about sex. I am too sexy for my hat. Too sexy for my hat. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, the 90s were weird. They were. They're very odd. Um... So yeah, is there anything else on your I've been listening to list? I listened to Americana the by The Offspring today, like the whole album. How was that? <laughs> I mean, like, the tunes are good. Bit iffy about some of the lyrics. Yeah, I can't blame you on that one. The album's 20 this year. Oh god, that, that makes me feel weird. That's weird to think about. Pretty Fly for a White Guy will be 20 in November. No, that... <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, somehow pretty. Fly <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Pretty fly for a rap. Uh, uh, I'll you get there that. in a second. Pretty fly for a white guy doesn't feel like it should be twenty years old. It feels like it's more recent than that. But also, pretty fly for a rabbi for some reason feels like it should be older than twenty years, and surely it has to be less than twenty years. <laughs> I don't know why how how the weird owl parody of that song feels <laughs> older than the original song. <laughs> Uh, was that Am when I Al still sense? had the the massive hair? Yeah, he still had the big hair. Like that feels like it should be older than the original song somehow. I've always had a weird thing about Weird Al because it's it's been strange how when he was younger he had the massive hair and the beard, and then uh, all the moustache, and then as he got older he lost the tash and like relaxed his hair and now looks considerably younger despite being much older. Yeah, he's. 
he is one of those weird people who feels like he sort of de-aged at some point, and I don't know how he did it. It's very odd. The other, the other one I listened to today, uh, on recommendation from a friend, was um, Metal Archie uh, um. doing Holy Diver. I don't know if you've heard of Metal Archie. No, I haven't. They do metal uh, uh, mariachi covers of metal songs. <gasps> okay, I probably could have worked that out from the name, couldn't I? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought that was that's um, <laughs> an interesting project. I mean, I, I like covers or sort of restyled versions of different tracks often. So mm. I've listened to a lot of Hazy Dixie. I've listened to a lot of what was the other one? Like weird, weird Al's polka versions of pop tracks. I've always had quite a thing oh, for. His his polka versions are so good. I love them. Um, I, I I do love a good like remix of a song. Like we went and saw uh, Postmodern Jukebox about a year or so ago, and it's it's just so nice being like, oh, it's that thing I remember, but somehow different and like exciting again. Mm. Mm. And and Hayley Reinhardt has an amazing voice for singing creep. Oh yeah, that has an excellent version. What have yeah. you been listening to? What have I been listening to? I was a bit disappointed music wise this week because oh. every Monday. I go on Spotify mm-hmm. and it recommends me like a handful of new songs. It yeah. has a th- it, there's this feature called Discover Weekly where it basically looks at what you listen to and it's like this is kind of like that. Give it a go. Mm. And usually I'll find three or four new tracks a week that I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll add that to my collection. Nice. Nothing this week. Didn't enjoy any of the tracks, or Aww. I didn't enjoy any of them enough to go. Yeah, I'll listen to that again. So I've mainly been digging back into like my existing music library and being like, mm. what kind of mood am I in? And for me, this week has been like a big week on Watsky, who I can't remember if I've talked about yeah. on the show before yeah. or not. But um, they do a lot of like very well put together like rap music over mm. very melodic beats, yes. um, often mixed in with like melodic singing. Mm. There's a couple of tracks in particular I've been really enjoying this week. Um, one of them is called Never Let It Die, and it is very much a song about just keeping a hold of your passions and knowing that even though they're probably not going to become, you know, that you know, it's a thousand in one chance that that dream job you want to go for is ever going to happen. It's got to be somebody, so why not you? Keep pushing for it. Yeah. It's just got this really nice mentality of like, no, someone's got to get it. Go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Take, you know, if you've, uh, what is the phrase in that song? It's something like, if you've got a flame breathing hot within, take a deep breath and feed it oxygen. It's that just like, no, don't let that passion die. Keep it going. Never let it die. Yeah. Never let it die. Never let it die. Um, And there's another one I really like uh, at the moment that's called Sloppy Seconds. <laughs> Uh, which is basically just about like the beauty of imperfections. Ah. Um, I it, it always makes me think of that art uh, they have in Japan of mm. using things like gold to repair shattered ceramics, where rather than trying to hide the fact that something was broken in the first place, you highlight the breaks and you make that part of what why it's beautiful. It's a very similar mentality to the lyrics of this song, Sloppy Seconds, that are very much this sort of like, hey, you know, stuff goes wrong and things aren't perfect, but that's kind of why life's beautiful, because, you know, imperfections and breaks and issues that happen are, you know, they're part of a story and you move through them and they make you who you are. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's just a couple Thank of Watsky tracks this week that I was like, these just both have really like good, positive, uplifting messages that make me feel better about myself. Good. You should feel it's... good about yourself. You are awesome. Yeah. So grumble, grumble, Spotify for not giving me good music recommendations this week. Like, try better next time, Spotify. Slash, if people have been listening to this podcast and are like, I like the sort of music that Laura's talking about. She might like this. Tweet me, Laura K Buzz. Let let me know because this week I don't have many good music recommendations. Oh, I wanted to thank someone. Um, Ooh. Oh, Kravitz. I knew, I knew that because this happened like way at the end of la- of uh, or way at the beginning of the week that I was gonna forget. Uh, it was a comment on last week's episode with a few tracks recommended to me, and I really like them. But I can't remember who said it now. Do we want to uh, wait a second son. and see if you it can find son. them? Or? Thank you, son. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Winter Garden. There were some good nice. tracks there. Hooray! I'm glad that you found some new music from the audience. Hooray! Thank you, audience members. And, and butt buddies is, is good peoples. Mm, butt buddies is good peoples. Yes. <laughs> Oh, br- oh, bruh, 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 bruh. I, 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 um, oh, I went and I went and saw this new band recently. That, um, you want to you wanna hear about this gig I went to? Definitely. Quite oh, it was, it was really good. It was really good. Um, the, 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 I'll tell you about the main band in a minute, but the, 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 the opening band was yeah. The World is a Beautiful Place and Your Last Perfect Kids. Oh. oh, yeah. I think I saw them opening up for a herniated agony dustbin like oh, a couple years I know. ago. Yeah, they put on like a really good show. Lots of lots of heavy metal, uh, you know, atmospheres. Like, oh, they really took a, a lot of inspiration from the Red Teenage Glory, you know. Oh, isn't that the uh, front man from Catastrophic Cerebral Ec- Ecstasy? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, you know, if you look back a couple of years, I'm pretty sure he started off in a band called A Dying Dream of Bulletproof Obsession. Uh, you know, oh, they became li- a Morphous Shoe Tree later on. Oh, yeah, they totally did. Um, that that. Like, wasn't that back when they were touring with Worrisome Catastrophe? Oh, yeah, and Regicide by Proxy. They, um, oh, that was such a good tour. Oh, gosh. I think I... I've got a t-shirt from that. Uh, I, I, you know, it, that was only the opening act, though. Like, they, they followed up with one of my one of my favourite bands, Greyish Blood Nightmare. Have uh, you heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their front man used to be in Goblin Life Drawing. Oh, Goblin Life Drawing. Uh, I, you know, the story, the story of that, the story of that band name... They had to draw a goblin in life drawing class. It was a proper weird story. Yeah, like probably hanging out in a fairy forest or something. Got to find a goblin to do that, yeah? They played some covers, though. So, like, they played a cover from Saves the Wounded Legend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the um, supergroup made up of, like, the drummer from Necrotic Parental Abandonment, Twisted Wellington's lead guitarist, and uh, Nobody Understands Ben's, uh, like, uh, keyboard player. No, 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 you got that wrong. The keyboard player was the one from My Twisted Valentine. Your Twisted Valentine. My Twisted oh, yeah, Valentine. Yeah, my Twisted Valentine. Oh, they were so good. That was when Maledict Killjoy was still their head, their front man, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And and like, last up, I gotta, I gotta get onto the actual headline act, because you're never gonna believe who was there. It was one of them secret shows, and like, you know, yeah. don't know who's gonna play, and it turns out it was. The world is a beautiful place in the one last night with the chemical somber haunting last perfect divine twisted sad Mars kids. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? They never play anymore. I heard they only played that one gig and people literally died from joy. I know. It might have been the dying from joy. It might have been dying trying to process that name in people's heads because it is, I might say, it's a bit of a silly name. It was weird when they just went back to being like Steve and the Steves. 
Steve and the Stephens. No, not Stephen and the Stephens. <laughs> that was very different. You know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochial justice warriors. Brochial justice warriors. All right, all right, mate. How's it going? All right, how are you doing today, bro? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. You, uh, you been up to much? Oh, I don't know. Well, I did realise the other day. I don't think we've ever exchanged names, and that was someone. Some someone was wondering about that. We we got names. I don't know. What's your What's your name? I'm I'm Barry. Nice to meet you. Oh, I'm Larry. Larry and Barry. Good names. Oh, nice to meet you. Good yeah, sort nice of names. Nice. How are you yeah. doing? Well, I'm, I'm not too bad. I've you know, had a bit of an argument with someone at work today. Oh, what were you arguing about? Oh, I was I was referring to sex workers as in, in derogatory terms. Oh, goodness, there's a lot of that going about these days, isn't it? Oh, I'll take personal offence to that, you know, not not that it's, it's it's been any time recently, but I've done a bit of, uh, bit of the old sex work myself, you know, get myself through college. Oh, exactly. You know, it's not it's not a unheard of thing for people. Uh, well, what what sort of what sort of ridiculousness did you hear going on then? Well, you know, they're they're, talk, they're talking about these people like they're less than human that they they don't deserve rights or protections just because of the work they do. They you know, they don't seem to treat sex work as work, which I, I think is absolutely disgusting. You know, these people are providing a service. Uh, you know, and, and and not only that, you know, uh, you get people treating it like oh, it's a last resort. It's it's the worst thing you can possibly be. But you know, some people very much in, in, enjoy the sex and um, would very much like to, to. You know, they say do what you like and you know try and try and earn a living doing what you like. And if, if you enjoy sex, I don't see there's nothing wrong with with getting paid for it. Oh, exactly. There is a whole spectrum of reasons that people are in this work, and I don't think any of them should Absolutely. be situations you look down on. You know, there are people Absolutely. who are in this because they want to be in it, and for those people, yeah. more power and respect to them. You're making a, a choice that you want to make and feeling yeah. feeling bad about that. Yeah, you know, and, you, you, I, I, I enjoy doing my work very much so, but, you know, that's not sex work. But that's not to say that, you know, sex work can't be uh, fulfilling and gratifying. Oh, exactly, and you, you do acknowledge that there are some situations where people go into it because it's the option they have there, but even if that yeah. is the case, shouldn't look down on someone for that, because if someone is selling that as a service, it's because there is a demand in the market for it, and like that wouldn't exist as a service if there weren't people buying that service, and as such, the people who are buying that service shouldn't be looking down yeah. on the people providing it for them, should they? No, not at all. And, 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 you know, as well as that, that we need to, to make sure that people have uh, rights and protections. It seems like a lot of uh, politicians and so forth, a lot of uh, the conservative right tend to look down on, on those people. And yet you you've, you hear stories very often about, uh, you get like conservative or, or in America, you get Republican conferences and there's lots of uh, sex workers being picked up around, you know, around those con- conferences by the very people that are, are there to try and take away their rights or or rally against them, and I, th- I think that's absolutely disgusting. Oh, indeed. Like, you know, throughout the course of history, there has always been people who have done sex work, and criminalising it is not going to make it go away, because there are people who want to do it, and there are people who feel that are in situations where they have to do it, and for both of those camps, they aren't going to go away just because of legislation. Like, the thing that you should be doing is decriminalising and making it so that uh, people who are in those situations don't feel afraid to get help if they need it. 
can start yeah. paying money into you know being self-employed workers or whatnot and could be in, contributing to taxes and whatnot exactly. and on top of that it's always cheaper to pay for preventative measures than it is to pay for for things afterwards so if someone gets injured because there was a lack of protection in in open sex work you know it's going to cost more to 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 look after them after something's gone wrong than it would have been to prevent it in the first place exactly exactly and you know we we want to avoid things like trafficking and and uh, people being held against uh, against their will you know absolutely we want people that uh, that are doing this work they are they are free to leave whenever they want they have protections they have rights they're being looked after you know they're getting the healthcare they need and sometimes that might be very specific healthcare Oh, indeed. And even on top of that, you've got situations like how when this sort of business comes to comes into the light and isn't shaded away, you can have things like if someone is sexually harassed in the workplace, you can deal with that. Because while, you know, some yeah. people will go, that doesn't happen in sex work, there are very specific boundaries negotiated. There are things that sex Absolutely. workers on a case by case basis are OK with and not. And there are things mm-hmm. that you pay for and you don't. And there are things that, you know, can be revoked and, and consent is still a thing. And absolutely, you can actually like talk about that and deal with situations of ignored consent in sex work when mm. you're allowed to admit that you do sex work. Exactly. Well, I think this has been a very enlightening conversation. Oh, indeed. If only, if only, though, if only more people had these conversations. Do we want to talk a bit about some of the stuff we've watched this week? Yeah, what's been what's been piped into your eyes at high speed? Ah, oh, there's been a couple of things pumped into my eyes at high speed. So I I watched a really interesting documentary while I was working the other day. Uh, it was on on Vice's YouTube channel, and uh, it's called Underground LSD Palace. That sounds brilliant. I know, Where do right? I sign up? So I, I I'm gonna read you the description from the YouTube video because it's kind of great. Um, former gothic stripper Crystal Cole talks about her time spent living in a subterranean missile silo converted into a luxurious LSD manufacturing facility. She spent three years of her life running from the DEA, being held partially against her will and used as a guinea pig for a strange new psychedelic chemicals. Um, eventually her friends turned captors were arrested and she barely escaped incarceration. She now makes her living as a writer, sharing her experiences from psychedelics in books and on the web. Well, heck. Yeah, Uh, no. uh, Up until they captured bit, like, could I not do this voluntarily? (laughs) Yeah, so like, no, it's a fascinating, like, it's maybe 20 minutes long, this documentary, and Mm. this woman seems like she's had a fascinating life, like the... I don't want to spoil too much in case people want to go watch it, but the short version is that like she was initially working like as a as a pole dancer, I think, um, somewhere near this this abandoned military missile silo. Yeah. That this this guy who happened to have bought it was just he was one of the big LSD manufacturers in America for quite some time, hmm. and basically they became they you know got close, and for a while she she decided to move in with him and. They lived as, like, a polyamorous group in an LSD missile silo that was full of, like, here's the jacuzzi room and here's the room of beds, where it's just, like, all mattresses and there's the room where we make the LSD. Polyamorous it, drug like, bunker sounds amazing. Yeah, polyamorous missile missile drug silo is, like, okay, that's, that's some words you put together. Um, 
But, like, the thing is, her, like, the story does go a little downhill, but, like, she totally, like, gets out of it okay, and uh, she doesn't regret the experience she went through, and she just has this really fascinating way of talking through her story of this really interesting couple of years. Mm. Um, and they're able to go back to this abandoned missile silo that someone new has now bought, because, like, the government seized it and then it got auctioned off. So it's the first time in, like, 15 years she's been able to go back to this missile silo. Well, at least she and... was good to go back there rather than it being a traumatic experience. No, it, it was definitely not a traumatic experience. Like, she re- she has a really, like, positive time going through and, like, talking about nice. all these... There were some bad stories, but a lot of them were very good and very... Like, a lot of her view on it is that she feels she learnt an immense amount during that time uh, by the nature of... <laughs> A very interesting situation there, but yeah, yeah, I I really recommend it. Um, yeah, the woman's name uh, is I've completely forgotten her name again. Her name is Crystal Cole, and she is a legitimately fascinating woman that like so I want to go good. and seek out more of the stuff she does because she's written books and she I believe she makes YouTube videos and I'm like I wanna I wanna follow more of what you do because you seem like a really interesting lady. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Uh yeah, what what about you? What 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 things have you been watching? We'll jump nothing, over to one of yours. Nothing nearly so interesting. <laughs> I watched the live recording of uh, War of the Worlds, the stage show for Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. That's all we can do for copyright reasons. If uh, no, I I was about to say the lyrics completely wrong. I was going to break into the chances of anything coming from Mars are a million to one, but still they come. But I went to go. The, the, no, that's not the words. The, the, the thing do what thing me do You're so vague. Uh, so if if people have never seen like the uh, have never seen that live performance or like heard the original like audio recording as opposed to like the high budget action film that came out a few years ago yeah. or the original oh. action, or the original action film which was even the, nothing yeah. like the book or read the book no but the 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 sound the original soundtrack to 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 that is superb it still gets me to today it was a 1978 concept album by jeff wayne featuring lots of uh, or, or a couple of pretty popular artists of the time and um, it, it tells the story of H.G. Um, Wells' book, The War of the Worlds. And it was, it's, I remember getting back into it sort of in the early 2000s and thinking, I've heard this before, but not really remembering it. And I'm guessing it was one of those things uh, my parents didn't really do looking after or reading bedtime stories or anything like that. So they often used to put on concept albums or radio plays. And just dump me in the dark to get on with it. And um, I think that must have been one of them. Because I definitely recognise it. And just the narrator's voice is quite stunning. Um, especially on an old cassette. It gets really nice and bassy. And it uh, tells the story from War of the Worlds. The, the narrator is escaping from uh, Horsell Common. Which I'm trying to remember. It's just outside Guildford I think. <laughs> In the UK, and mm. um, Martians have landed and are have have built these tripod devices that fire massive, I suppose, heat lasers, really. And if you if you've seen the modern film, you 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 know that that's 
you've got a pretty good idea of how that looks. And the aliens come to Earth, and spoilers for a book that was released. I think it's credited as being one of the first science fiction books ever. And um, H.G. Wells basically tells the story of... I'm not going to spoil it, because it's a really good book. There's a lot of ejaculation, though, because apparently sometimes people can't use the word said. Um, you know, you know who, you know what series of books has a lot of ejaculation for that same reason? Harry Potter. Uh, I, I, that's not what I was going for. Does no? does Harry Potter have a lot of ejaculation? I think, I think it's got at least one. Um, uh, what's the one? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock uh, Holmes has a lot of ejaculations. It, it turns out there was a lot of ejaculate back then. Um, yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes, uh, another I, one. I, that was I, I just love like rephrasing the sentence. So rather than like such and such and such and such Sherlock Holmes ejaculated, it's <laughs> instead it's such and comma. such and such and such comma. Sherlock Holmes ejaculated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, That's so childish. <laughs> I know. That's what I love about us. Um, oh god, I sound so old. Um, so yes, the the stage live stage show version of that um, was done. Uh, uh, I was going to say a couple of years ago, but it's, I think it's actually considerably more than that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a good decade ago, probably. Oh, now, god, I'm yeah. so old. So it in, interestingly, it features uh, a live band uh, playing all the music. So you have like an orchestra section, but then you've also got uh, like modern guitars, and it's quite an interesting combination in that way. Then you have live performers playing some of the characters that would have been were originally voiced in the the original recording, and th- at one point they lower down a massive tripod. So that's quite an interesting bit. But the very intro to that features something that is not from Jeff Wayne's original recording. It's from the early noughties, possibly late 90s, uh, RTS game on the PC uh, of War of the Worlds. And it was from the Martian disc introducing why they are coming to Earth in the first place. And I thought it was quite an interesting use of, of that intro, because I always thought that was a really cool intro, and I never saw it again anywhere else. Yeah. Hello, viewers, and welcome again to the horoscopes with Mandy Wise. Hello, Mandy. Oh, hi. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm super good, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Are you Are you ready to just leap right into our horoscopes for the week? Oh yeah, dive straight in, you know. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so Aries, you will be sellotaped to the back of a wooden horse, not sitting, but back to back. What a good thing for them to know. It's very good that you forewarned them. Uh, what's next? Forewarned is like Vishnu-esque, you know? Oh, so forewarned is forearmed. Taurus, you are the one. Twelfth of the population. <laughs> oh, yes. And what's 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 next for the, the other eleven? <laughs> next up is Gemini. On Tuesday, you will feel a stone in your shoe. Plot twist, it's actually in your sock. Oh, oh, you've just taken a big twist out of someone's day and probably saved them vital seconds. Who's next up on our list? Next up, special treat for cancer. You will get cake, just how you like it. You will enjoy it and shed a single tear. Such is the cake. Oh, as a big fan of cake, this is very good news for me. Um, what's what's next up for our lovely contest- contestants? I suppose they're contestants in life. What's next up for life's contestants? It's Leo. <laughs> Take the time to dance around your house naked, especially in the kitchen. Be free. 
What 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 if they have housemates? Dance around naked on Wednesday. Be free. <laughs> okay. Who's next? Vogel. I don't want to spoil a surprise, but <laughs> I'm glad that at least one of our one of our twelve can can have a nice surprise to look forward to. Isn't this exciting? <laughs> Libra, my shoes are they new? I- I'm sure if you've suggested that they're nice, they're probably new for all of them. Who's next? <gasps> Scorpio, we are discovered. Little nights. I will not make contact again. Good luck. Good luck to all the Scorpios out there. Who have we got left? Sagittarius. A strange child would present you with a macaron and a picture of an autopsy. Well, hopefully it's someone you know or someone you don't. Who's next? Capricorn. You'll be accosted in the streets by a penguin raising money for a bouncy castle. Well, penguin bouncy castle sounds like an adorable idea. Anyone else? Aquarius. Maybe lay off the coffee. You seem a bit jittery, but it's okay. I still love you. Um, I'm, 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 I'm not jittery. Uh, is that is that the end of our list? No, one more. It's <gasps> Pisces. Fishy, fishy, fish, fish, fish. Aha, aha. Oh. Glub, glub, fishy, fish. Mm. Lovely. And with that, that's another. It's another week of horoscopes. I hope that that your horoscopes aren't too horrific. Everyone, have a nice day. Oh, bye. <laughs> Uh, did you watch anything else this week? I did. Not very interesting. It wasn't bad. I, I watched a film called Notorious But Nice. I had an idea for a bit for this, and I wanted to get an idea about how people in the 1930s spoke uh, uh, in 1930s America. So I watched a 1933 movie, uh, because copyright and YouTube uh, <laughs> is quite interesting. Before Disney got involved, there were lots of very old movies that just let the copyright run out. Yeah, and now uh, copyright this goes is a forever. Fun, a fun thing if people don't know about it already. Uh, if if copyright laws hadn't changed, Mickey Mouse would be a public domain character by now. And the only reason that he's not is because Disney has been fighting tooth and nail to extend copyright duration. Purely that so that is people why there can't is use no Mickey Mouse. creativity allowed anymore. Yeah. yeah. And why there is so little public domain. Why you might sort of find... Very early black and white movies are because I think Mystery Science Theatre largely depends on those copyright-free movies. Disney obviously responsible for classic uh, cartoon movies and obviously all the music relating to that, and they will just keep churning them out on every new type of media, hmm. be it DVD or Blu-ray or digital versions. Although I think digital might finish them off in that respect, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is the reason why copyright is as it is today, largely. Yeah, it, it's basically a battle of how long can Disney manage to convince like American legislators to keep extending copyright law. Hmm. So we'll see how long that lasts. I think we should go back to 50 years, because I, I think we could do some very interesting things if, if older stuff became public domain. Yeah, I the problem with like the extension of public domain is that if it stayed where it is now, eventually we'd get back to a point where like future generations would grow up with new things entering the public domain as they grew up, and that's mm. fine, but it creates a weird stagnation where there's no new public domain art for several decades, and because of that, mm. like there's nothing for people to remix and riff off of and mm-hmm. like make their own creations 
based from, and it does do some weird things to the way that art is created. Yep. And and I think it's part of the reason that things like YouTube automatic copyright claim work as they do, because if things became public domain more quickly, the algorithms wouldn't work to track it quite so well, because they would have to account for the fact that you are allowed remixes of things over 50 years old, you are allowed to do various other things with them. People don't own this precise note structure. Yeah, it would be very difficult to do. Rant running out. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the film I watched, it was alright. Um, it's free on YouTube if you want to watch it. Young lady loves this guy. He seems a bit pushy about getting married, which I was a bit uh, about. Uh, his boss, uh, or her boss, is his legal guardian after his parents have died. He has decided that he wants his daughter to marry this guy so that he gets the inheritance and basically forces this woman out of her job. So she loses her home and is ends up marrying a mobster. Stuff happens. There's quite an interesting twist at the end. Not a bad movie if you don't mind watching, you know, uh, yeah. an hour and ten minutes of, of black and white bizarreness. Nice. Uh, I did remember there was one other thing I watched while work while working this week, uh, and this was off of off of the back of watching that Vice documentary about the LSD lab, and it was another mm. Vice documentary about drugs. Yay. It's it's just been like is there something? Doc- Do we need an intervention? There's there's just something nice about like Vice's documentaries about drugs are like really easy to just tune out and listen to in the background and be like, oh, that's kind of vaguely interesting. Um. So there was another one I watched that was basically about, um, it, this was like a three-part documentary, so it's a bit longer, I think it was like an hour, an hour and a half or something. It's about a vice, one of these vice people making a multi-day trip into the Amazon to try and find this frog called the Sapo. Ooh. That basically, like, it's a, it's a psychedelic toad, but it's not like an LSD high, it's like morphine, apparently. Ooh. And there's a lot of, like, competing theories about it because it doesn't produce its like weird venom when it's in captivity only in the wild and the the government in the area have basically forbidden people to go to like the island this frog is on so it was about vice like making this multi-day trip trying to avoid being spotted by the authorities to get to this island in the amazon to, to find a, a frog to go find a frog and they were very careful when I, I, i'll ruin it they do find one eventually um, they're very careful to like not harm it while they've got it, and they go on this adventure to find a, a weird hallucinogenic frog because no one quite knows what it does. Uh, there are theories it's a it's a non-addictive opioid painkiller. Uh, there are theories that it works as a like super potent stimulant and appetite suppressant, and okay. um, there's a whole theory about the root of autism that comes out of the fact that. There are chemical similarities between chemicals that are only found in the urine of autistic children and this sapo venom. Okay. Yeah. So, like, there's this whole weird thing about this, like, forbidden frog in the Amazon. And they go and find one, like, go and sneak and find one. I'm certainly curious about it. Yeah. If a little concerned about their methods, but... Yeah, their methods are, like, they break some laws and they're a little bit mean to a frog. The, the frog oh. is fine afterwards. The frog is unharmed, but they're a little mean to the frog. Mm. Um, I know. U- ultimately, their their findings are not particularly fascinating. What's more interesting is just their journey through the Amazon to try and find this thing. Was much more interesting than what happened <laughs> when they found it. Okay. But, curiouser yeah. and curiouser. 
yeah, so that that was the other one I watched just because I watched one and then it autoplayed and I was like, you know what, I'll I'll watch another thing about drugs. Go for it. What was that one called? Uh, Tripping on Hallucinogenic Frogs. S- simple and effective. Yeah. Uh, it is three three parts and it's on Vice's YouTube channel. Okay, well, I will give that a look. Yeah, both of those were interesting. Yeah, there's a little bit of an anticlimactic ending to the frog one, but yeah, it was fine. We tried frog. Yeah, it wasn't cane toad. Yeah, it, the, the ending was basically, well, that's what happened when I tried the frog. Okay, done. Bye. Well, we're in the Amazon. Let's bugger off and try some ayahuasca. Uh, that that is a part of it. At one point, <laughs> okay. At one point, while they're in the Amazon, they're convinced they're not going to be able to find the frog. They've had to leave this island early because the police were seen nearby. So they literally just go and get some ayahuasca for a while. <laughs> like the end of this frog documentary is just them going, being like, "That frog was a bit of a letdown. Should we just have a bunch of ayahuasca?" Uh... <laughs> he seemed to have more one fun does on not, the ayahuasca. One does than not he casually have frog. a bunch of ayahuasca. <laughs> Cheat your chemicals with respect. Indeed. I think the only other thing I did is I did play a little bit of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Ooh, how is PUBG? PUBG, yeah. So for anyone who's not aware of this game, uh, basically it's an online multiplayer shooter where a hundred people are just like dropped on an island, and the whole thing to like make people fight each other is there is just a circle on the map. And if you are outside of this circle, you you take damage, and this circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller, forcing people to all sort of run for one central point. Okay. So it's it's one of these things where like it's a huge area to start with. So at the beginning, everyone has lots of time to just gently go around, find what they can, try and get some like guns and some armor and some vehicles and things, and try and prepare themselves. Mm. And then as it gets towards the end of the game, it's oh goodness, there's only a tiny space left. Everyone is slowly being sort of forced together. Okay. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, matches are longer than I expected them to be. They're probably about 30 minutes. Like, if you get a decent way into the match without dying, you're looking at maybe 30 minutes per game. Hmm. Um, I've been enjoying playing it in squad-based, where you're playing with like three other friendly players. And you can see where they are on the map, which means you can all sort of, like, group together. You can revive people. You've got someone to, to cover your back if you need it. Mm-hmm. And even without playing with a headset on, there's something really nice and, like, camaraderie-based about mm. just this little group of people for the next half hour. It's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna gather things together and we're gonna, like, find a good place that's somewhere in that big circle um, and nice and safe, but also, like you know, not too far to the edge of it that we're going to have to move again and how long can we justify this before, ah, we're going to have to fight people. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, it's clearly a little bit rough around the edges still. It's it's one of those games that like only recently came out of early access on Steam and it feels it. Like, it's not, a, it's not as polished as some shooter games, but... Uh... I never understand what the point of coming out of early access is if you're going, well, it still doesn't quite look finished. Well, it it feels feature complete. It just yeah. runs a, like it's 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 more that it's like very clearly this is a very big shooter made by an indie team. Okay. Like that's kind of the feeling. Um hmm. so don't go in expecting like a big polished visual experience, but the core gameplay is there and it's 
very fun. Hmm. So yeah, that's, that that's was nice thing. and enjoyable. Excellent. Yeah. Do you need a bra? Uh, I do. What kind of bra she got? Do you need a bra without a set of scales? Give it away, bra. No way, bra. No way, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that that tells you like that that you should keep going even when things get tough? I do. Not giving up, bra. Do you need a bra that features a print of your credit screen from Breath of the Wild? Yeah. You finished Zelda bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that periodically checks in and works out if you need to be elevated a little bit higher up? I, I do. Do you need a lift bra? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> do you need a bra that simultaneously echoes the words of Jared Way and the Stop Funding Hate campaign? Yes. Fuck the Daily Mail bra. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) I had no idea where you were going there. Well done. (laughs) Uh, Do you need a bra that between two buttons that both work on a a vertical axis will uh, press the the higher one of them for, for about 60 seconds? Yes. Hold up a minute, bra. <laughs> so it was so convoluted to get there. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> no, I think that works better. <laughs> um, do you need a bra that knows your social plans? Coming what? out of the weekend, bra. <laughs> Do you need a bra that reassures you every now and then that it's okay to contact it on the phone and t- tell it about your day? Y- yes. Give us a call, bra. It's a call, bra. Do you need a bra? Yes. Well, hold up. Hold up. Oh, hey. uh, oh is there more than just it's a bra? It's a bra. Do you need a bra? It's a bra. Do you, do you need something need to hold your breast? Do you, need, do you need something to hold your breast up? Bra. <laughs> Have we never done that one? No, we haven't. Do you, do you need do you need something that will s- stop your chest hurting when you're running for a bus? Bra. bra. Do you need a bra that keeps track of who bought drinks? Yeah. It's your round bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that very generously offers to settle the receipt at the end of the night? I definitely do. I'll get the bill, bra. I'll get the bill, bra. I'll get the bill, bra. Bill, bra, baggins. I don't know why I went that way with it. Uh, this is a good place for us to wrap up for this week. I think that is a great place for us to wrap up. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Thank you. Uh, I hope you're still enjoying. We're having a blast making this. So Definitely. even if even if no one listens, I'm sure we'll keep doing this because it's silly good fun. I don't know. Uh, Jane, where can people find you on the internet? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and Maniac Janiac on YouTube and StoneMonkeyRadio.blog on WordPress. Whoa. That's it. Uh, Where you, you? Can, you can find me at Laura K Buzz on Twitter and YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. Uh, I wrote a thing on Thursday that's just happened. Thursday the 25th, I wrote an article about a woman who's in love with uh, her her copy of Tetris. It was really good. There were a lot of sensationalist takes on it. I feel like I did a really good job at, like, you know, taking a good, like, humanising look at the story. You treated that person like a human being. Indeed. Deserving of respect. Indeed. Rather than, (laughs) look at the weird. I didn't just go, 
trollolol this person wants to fuck a video game as most of the tabloids did i was like no Ooh. hey you're not hurting anyone let's talk about being in love with a video game how's that for you exactly and there wasn't anything sexual about it either so yeah indeed this is uh as she put it it's not like someone who just wants to fuck a shoe to get off which there's nothing wrong if that is your thing but that's Mm. not what her thing is no uh very different yeah uh other than that you can find me uh on dice funk which is a dungeons and dragons podcast i'm on seasons three and four of that season four is currently ongoing where i play a Yu-Gi-Oh wizard so go listen to that thank you very much for listening we'll have another episode again and until next time be a stranger <laughs>